1: Being pregnant while serving in the armed forces has its own special set of challenges. Whether you're in the Navy, Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, or Coast Guard, there are many policies you should be aware of, ideally prior to getting pregnant. But in addition to the challenges, there are also many resources that are available to support both you as the pregnant service member and your growing baby. I'm Lieutenant Commander Carolyn Peacecheck a Navy Medical Corps OBGYN, and today we're talking about being pregnant while serving in the military. This is Preggy Pals.
2: Um, is that a plus sign?
0: Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and also those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, which is available in the Android, iTunes, and Windows marketplaces. Now, Samantha, our producer, is going to give us some more information about our virtual panelist program. Take it away, Sam.
3: Thanks, Annie. So if you don't live in San Diego, but you'd like to be a panelist on our show, you can still participate through our virtual panelist program. Just like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using hashtag PreggiePals. We'll post questions throughout the week prior to our taping, and we'd love for you to comment so we can incorporate your thoughts into our episode. You can also submit your questions directly to our experts. Learn more about our VP program through the community section on our website, www.preggypals.com. All
0: right, well, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Uh, My name's Annie Laird. I'm uh, about to turn 36 next week. Uh, Occupation, I am a... uh, Government contractor uh, during the week. And then uh, on the weekends, I do Preggy Pals. And uh, this is my last episode here on oh, Preggy Pals. I'm i know, so
2: sad.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, I'm going to miss it's it so a lot. Sad. But it'd be really hard to call in from a 10-zone time difference. Yeah, so. tell,
2: tell them why you're not going to be on the show anymore. So I'm not going to be
0: on the show anymore <laughs> because my husband uh, has just received orders uh, to work at uh, the um, – I'm trying to think what the, na- the name – I shouldn't know this because I'm a Navy veteran myself. But it's like the um, Navy Central Command. Navy Central Command. So he's going to be working in Bahrain, which if you don't know where that is, it's a little uh, island. It's a group of islands, but it's off the the coast of Saudi Arabia. My husband told me it was 109 degrees today. Is that where he is now? That's where he is right now, which is going to be super awesome for me moving three kids and a cat and all of our household goods (laughs) over to Bahrain. Yeah, that's that's going to be super awesome. So yeah, I took a class this past week how to do it. Um, and I, at first I thought, oh, I don't want to take a military rotator, one of those open bay planes uh-huh. with, like, the jump seats on the side. Oh they said, gosh. no, no, with, like, young kids like I have, it's great because you don't have to be in the seat the whole time. So I can just spread a blanket out oh. for the littles. And they can. And my, my toddler, she runs around like crazy, so she can run around the plane.
2: Oh, my gosh. You know, and
0: it's, it's other military, active duty military, you know, uh, families and military members that are on these planes, so it's not like I'm going to have some, you know, middle aged person right. be like, "Why is your two year old acting like a two year old?" <laughs> well, because she's two, <laughs> genius, you know. So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it a lot, but yeah, this is my uh, this is my last episode. So we had to get in pregnancy in the military. Yes, here, we did. Uh, while I was still the host, so yeah. <laughs> and as I alluded to, I have three children, all girls. So community hospital for the first one, second one was a planned home birth, and uh, then we transferred to the hospital, which was a wild ride. Twenty minutes later, I had a baby, and then the third one was a planned home birth.
3: Right. I'm Samantha. I'm the producer of Prey Pals. I have a 19 month old Olivia who is currently driving me a little crazy, <laughs> um, but not now, no, no, not now, it's not, yes. not. This, this is the easy stage. What are you <laughs> talking? She's <laughs> currently she in walking. Life. Is she yes. walking? Oh, she is walking. Yeah, yeah.
4: walking.
3: Yeah. When it's silent, that becomes very suspicious. Yes. It's suspicious I know. times. Suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I found her ripping up dollar bills the other day <gasps> I was like, well at least it's just dollar bills I mean, they could have a couple zeros and then that would be a big problem <laughs> 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 so I was like mom please come get your grandchild please come get her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my mom's great um, I don't currently have a due date um, she was unfortunately an unplanned cesarean and I'm hoping for a back next time around good Uh, Hey,
2: everyone. I'm Sunny. I am the owner of New Mommy Media, which um, produces Preggy Pals, Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks. Um, I'm a mommy of four children, currently under the age of four, um, two older boys, and um, a set of identical twin girls. And I'm real excited about today's episode. I I hosted Preggy Pals before Annie, and I think, I I mean, I think um, I even asked Annie shortly after you were on the show, Mm -hmm. just as a panelist. I'm like, I really want to do a show about pregnancy in the military, like being here in San Diego. Ago, I thought it'd be such a, a good topic to explore, and it's not something that I, I've seen a lot of information out there about, and yeah. I, I think everyone will just be a little bit curious, even if you're not in the military. Well, it's interesting, because so. I was talking
0: to the, the public affairs folks for, yeah. for the military, getting the approval to do this show, and I said, you know, when I was in the Navy, um, I think I think something like this is so needed because, especially with the people in the Navy, um, a lot of them are young people. They're yeah. all a lot of them are of childbearing age, you know, and they don't go to their crusty old chief to get information about pregnancy. Yeah, they go to the internet. They yeah. use social media. This is how. Uh, you know, younger people, women of childbearing age are finding their information. And so, you know, and that's as we were talking, saying this is something that we need to get this out here yeah. on, on our iTunes and Windows marketplaces yeah. uh, and Android, because this is how women are going to find us.
2: Right. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom butt balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com.
0: Hey, we've got a comment from one of our listeners. Anja posted on Facebook, the best podcast about pregnancy out there. I love listening to one or two episodes when running or walking, and that keeps me motivated to get out. Fighting the cankles. Love it.
2: Thanks, Anja. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So...
0: Today we're talking about pregnancy in the military. Joining us in the studio is Lieutenant Commander Carolyn Peacecheck, a Naval Medical Corps OBGYN serving at the Naval Medical Center of San Diego. She is currently the OB Division Chief and an assistant professor at the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences. Welcome to Preggy Pals, Carolyn. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Annie.
0: Wow, that, that uh, Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences, that's a... That's they a, try to
1: make it difficult. Yeah, they do. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is <Yeah>. a tongue twister.
0: <laughs> so, Today we're talking about pregnancy military, and, and as we were talking about beforehand, it, I think this is a really important topic because a lot of the younger people, you know, in the military, they're going to find uh, information not from, they're not going to be going and looking in op-nav instructions. See, so you probably don't even know what op-nav instructions yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you know, they're going to be looking mm-hmm. in social media and, and looking online and Googling and seeing, you know, what are what do I, i'm pregnant oops mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know right <laughs> ma- now <laughs> exactly well and i imagine that a lot of pregnancies are are unplanned uh yeah. at least I, w-
1: I think they were 50 percent are unplanned wow oh yes 50%. so say uh pregnant
0: woman uh she's serving uh in the armed forces and, and she you know finds a oops you know either Oopsies. oops oops i'm pregnant or oh i'm so happy i'm pregnant mm-hmm. or you know maybe not mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> so
1: so you know, what's the first step in seeking prenatal care, and, and what does she do about that? So the service member initially should let the healthcare care professional that's attached to her command be aware. Okay. So every every service member will um, know who that is, and if they don't know, they should just ask the, the person, their immediate supervisor, and they will let them know. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, they are to get a pregnancy test in the military system. Um, and then with, within two weeks of getting a pregnancy test or knowing they're pregnant, they are supposed to inform their chain of command. So usually it kind of happens together, but mm-hmm. As we all know, a lot of times your uh, patient will have a – or someone will have a suspicion that they are pregnant. They'll do a home pregnancy test. Right. They take 10 more because they don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come in, and, and then they tell their um, their chain of command. And so mm-hmm. it should be done within two weeks of, of knowing.
0: Oh, okay. And then so once
1: you get a positive pregnancy test in the military system – Now,
0: do they do that through, the, uh, like, a blood test or a urine? Just a no. urine test. Okay, okay. And so
1: once that urine test is obtained, then they're plugged into the system. So it kind of depends on where they are um, – as far as you know, geographically where they are, mm-hmm. which military treatment facility they'll be attached to, um, but um, that will be done almost automatically once they've made their chain aware, because there is a there is a designated military treatment facility for every pregnant patient that is active duty.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So what kind of options do service members have as far as giving birth? Well, where can they give birth? Mm-hmm. So they... No, um, not obviously birth in the wild, the new reality <laughs> show <shall> coming <laughs> no up birth here. That, you know, no birthing <laughs> in the wild. That probably would not be approved by the commanding officer. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> most most members give birth in the hospital at one of the military treatment facilities um, If that's if that is reasonable considering their geographic location again. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally that can be in group care or that can be an in individual care. So the birth would obviously be individual, but yeah. <laughs> the, the care up to that can be through um, a group care, like a centering um, in pregnancy group, which mm-hmm. is essentially um, a group of 10 to 12 women that see all of their prenatal care together oh. in visits. So the education occurs together. The individual assessment op- occur in a private area, mm-hmm. um, but it's nice because it's a long session. There's a lot of, it's not just focused on education, but also on bonding and the shared experience of pregnancy. And so for a lot of active duty members, especially if they're in a new location um, where they don't have many friends or family, it can be really valuable for for formulating those those bonds with other people. And yeah. they also have a postpartum um, reunion as well, which is really fun because mm-hmm. they will bring their kids and they can you know, meet each other and see each other and then you know form lasting relationships. So that's a good option. But actually in the hospital, we have um, physicians and and uh, midwives that will be the ones over we're seeing the deliveries,
0: okay, yeah, and uh, here on Preggy Pals, we talked about the differences between uh OBs. We just did mm-hmm. an episode all about you know what is a midwife. I think there's misconceptions yeah. about um yeah. what midwives do, and I mean, uh, yeah. and you're an OB, do you, So, but mm-hmm. I know here, uh where you work uh, at Naval Medical Center San Diego, yeah. that the midwives and the OBs work together.
1: Yes, and I think most most hospitals in the country they do. Um, so the the midwives are advanced practice nurses who have gone through additional training um, to become midwives, and they are very very skilled at at what they do. Um, they're not trained in things like um, like cesarean sections mm-hmm. or um, some other complicated pregnancies that just take a little bit. Um, uh, a, a little different of an education and so they are trained more in certain things and obstetricians are trained more in other things so it really just depends on the patient kind of whether or not they're appropriate for a midwife care or whether they're appropriate for obstetric care so the routine uncomplicated um, pregnant patient uh, is well cared for with a midwife or nurse practitioner and often um Uh, There'll be a patient that's cared for all through pregnancy and even during labor, and then there'll be something that's noticed. Like the the pregnancy isn't advanced, or that the labor, I should say, isn't advancing as expected, and then an obstetrician will be consulted by the midwife. So midwives are independent practitioners. We work together with them so that they can consult the obstetric service should they need our um, additional assistance.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about this group-centering care. I think what a neat concept. I don't think there's an equivalent of that, as far as I know, uh, in civilian care. It just seems to be most women just, you know, go to their doctor and, and that's it. But uh, Right,
3: maybe like the idea of sacred pregnancy, but that's more yeah. like support, not so much in the medical aspect.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So many times where I felt like I left the OB's office. You're like, what did he just say? Exactly. Or or, or like exactly. Oh, I, I thought of this question. I think women feed off each other, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of oh well, that's a great question. I wouldn't have even thought to ask that question. Yeah.
1: It encourages openness too in discussion because I think a lot of times it can be intimidating in a physician's visit that's only you know 15 minutes yeah. to really um, to really ask all the questions that you have. Like a lot of times there'll be one question a patient's asked, but they might not they might not ask follow up. Uh, questions because they they don't want to inconvenience anyone. But when you mm-hmm. have a group discussion and there's all these different people kind of chiming in, and you have more time. I mean, these centering visits are are longer periods of time, so there's just more time for education and more time for for group education. Which you know, most people prior to delivery do not need a medical assessment mm-hmm. um, beyond just routine care. Blood and pressure. So, exactly, and blood weight, pressure, yeah. weight. We look at the growth of the baby. We look at the baby's heart rate. Um, so beyond that, it's really education. I mean, a lot of the prenatal visits are screening exams, essentially. In order to isolate those patients that do need more care, but mm-hmm. most people don't until the time of delivery. Right, and so the prenatal you know, care is obviously very important because it's it's a way for us to pick out those people that need more care and need more help, mm-hmm. and to inc- but the 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 focus of prenatal care is, is mostly education for the patient so right. that they can, we can empower them to best take care of themselves yeah. because ultimately the, the patient is the one that is really in charge of their pregnancy and we're there just to make sure that there aren't things that a woman couldn't control that we need to help her with. Mm-hmm. And So it's a great model. We, yeah. we, we love that model just because it's, it's very efficient for education and for uh, empowerment of the pregnant woman.
0: Yeah, and just keeping the pregnancy low risk as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. keeping keeping a low risk, you know, pregnancy and keeping a healthy baby. Oh yeah, an educated
1: yeah. patient it will will definitely result in a more healthy preg- uh, pregnancy, right. and that's And a more healthy baby, and yeah. you know, and that's you know our job mostly. I think with antepartum care is to provide that education. And it's mm-hmm. very effectively it's effectively delivered in both settings with a individual um, provider and in group care. So mm-hmm. it's just it's nice because it, then the patient is able to kind of determine what works better for her,
0: right? Now I want to talk about ultrasounds. I know the big ultrasound normally is around like like twenty weeks, but mm-hmm. as far as uh, military healthcare, what is covered for our art- ultrasounds? What do women mm-hmm. normally get?
1: So if you're a routine patient that has no additional health problems that have been identified, then you get your dating ultrasound, which is one that we do early, whereas we that's to promote the best. Um, identification of the due date Mm -hmm. so the earlier you get an ultrasound the more accurate it is as far as determining when your due date is because and that makes sense kind of because the closer you are to conception, the more likely the growth of the baby is going to be because of how old the baby is versus other factors, like genetic factors. How much ice cream you've been eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the earlier, the better for that. And then the second one, so all we do at that first um, ultrasound essentially is just making sure that the the dating is confirmed. And then later when we do the the 18 to 20 week ultrasound, the anatomy scan, that's when we can see the anatomy well and we can determine if there are other abnormalities um, that are identified at that time
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay so and then uh, obviously if they're um you know most women that's all they need yeah but there are definitely um women a good percentage of women that are identified as higher risk mm-hmm. and so they have uh, reason to get further ultrasounds mm-hmm. and will identify it at, at whatever point is appropriate whenever they become
0: what would be a reason for like high risk that they would, you would get more ultrasounds, or more yeah. ultrasounds would be needed.
1: So, a woman that had things like high blood pressure. So, mm-hmm. if a woman had chronic high blood pressure, they are at increased risk of the baby not growing appropriately, and so that is one particular patient in which we would do actual serial growth scans. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so there's a there's they're generally just um, more complicated pre-existing medical conditions mm-hmm. would um, would um, would flag that need for further evaluation.
0: Okay. Now, what kind of resources are available as far as workshops or childbirth education? We talked about, about centering mm-hmm. care, but uh, is there any other kind of resources that, that uh, pregnant women in the military can go to to so learn many, how to become a parent? Or?
1: So many resources. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's very dependent on the particular military treatment facility. But um, I know at Navy Medical Center San Diego, we have um, we have more than 30 classes that are targeted to education um both prior to and after delivery so that's everything from just we have a course that's the ABCs of pregnancy so it, it talks about um, um, everything from budget planning from the ba- for the baby to learning how to cook healthy meals for yourself and for your child after birth um, to breastfeeding help to, um, to just kind of family balance and regaining that family balance now with the addition of a child um, there are classes that are focus more on fitness and so that um, and there are ones that are a one time class. There's also group classes that um, that are carry on or go on at, at um at certain intervals, and they're meant to be with the same group, so you guys learn different tools that can help you um, being a, a new mom together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also classes for for siblings. So there's a, a silly siblings class, which is just to try to get the um, the siblings um, excited about the idea of, of having a, a new baby brother, or baby sister. Um, so there's a multitude. There's even there's even resources that can come out to the active duty member's home mm-hmm. after delivery to help with specific things if they're having a difficult time.
0: Oh, that's good. Good, especially yeah. for postpartum depression
1: oh yeah, for, for, for a lot yeah. of things and there, um, so there's there are resources for everything there's also a lot of breastfeeding resources and that's a particular focus I, um, right now um, the DOD is kind of trying to best facilitate our um, breastfeeding uh, amongst um, active duty members because it can be very challenging especially when coming back to work mm-hmm. and so we're trying to to do things to help that and there already are established many resources but we're trying to kind of establish more so there's a there's a we, it's a warm line, which is essentially is a, a breastfeeding uh, a, uh, as a phone number that you can call to get into contact with a lactation consultant. Oh, great! Um, that you can just pick up the phone and call and, and yeah. have those questions answered, so that that can be more convenient sometimes than coming into the hospital.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know, when it's two in the morning, oh, there's not a lot yeah. of people you can talk to. Yeah. You know, so what is what is the the you know husband or the father of the baby know about breastfeeding? Probably yeah, not. Probably a lot. not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Other than the fact that he can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Here, have a bottle, hon. Huh? You know, exactly. is what we don't want to have happen. So, yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to be discussing the day-to-day of military life and how being pregnant affects that and your job in the military. We'll be right back.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
4: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Welcome back. Today we're discussing pregnancy in the military. Lieutenant Commander Carolyn Peacecheck is our expert. Now, let me uh, go back to it. something we were talking about before the break, which was uh, breastfeeding in the military. I wanted to bring up that our other show, our sister show, The Boob Group, did a whole episode on breastfeeding in the military. Uh, so, great for your baby, and if you want to learn more about that, go to the website for The Boob Group, and go to the episode page, and check out that episode. Uh, Carolyn, so what kind of restrictions do pregnant service members have as far as the work environment? Obviously, you know, being in the military, they can you can be working in a hazardous work environment, but that's not real great for babies.
1: Oh so. absolutely not. Yeah. So initially when you are pregnant there is a um, there is kind of a checklist that's that's obtained in your work environment to make sure that there aren't any exposures that are hazardous. And if there are, then you're immediately excluded from from being have any kind of contact with those exposures. Those are honestly quite rare anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but but that is something that is evaluated actually um on a on a patient for patient basis. Um, and then there are just certain certain other things. So when it comes to there's usually a physical um uh um you know, a physical readiness program that right. that the service members need to participate in. But when you're pregnant, you're exempt from that. So you do not need to participate in the that program. However, you are um, recommended to continue your own individual um, fitness program. No, so I was going to ask that for like fitness, command PT. Like, So you, yeah. you are not required to do the actual, the program. So okay. whatever the physical readiness program is that, is that is being instituted at your command, you're not required to do that. So you don't have to do testing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do the, you know, you don't have to get weighed when it comes to that time of the year when we, when we do those kind of things. getting weighed so you're enough in your prenatal appointment exactly yeah. exactly don't anymore <laughs> yeah. um, but you are expected to have an individualized exercise program just to promote um, health and wellness of you and your baby yeah in general yeah. so that's another thing that you're you're kind of I said, in a way exempt from and then uh, there's also some restrictions that occur once you're 28 weeks so once you're 28 weeks um, you can if the command supports it <laughs> yeah um you can get um restricted to 40 hour work weeks mm, okay so that's kind of the standard mm-hmm. is the 40 hour work week but there definitely are certain um people in the military, such as physicians, that are exempt from that. Mm-hmm. So they don't get the 40-hour the work restriction unless there's a medical need for that. Right. Um, and in addition, there's also um, limits on the amount of time that a patient that's pregnant can stand at um, parade rest or any kind of configuration because of, obviously, the limitations of pregnancy and how right. people can um, become dizzy easier. And um, Yeah, you don't want to be in
0: all. a formation standing for, like, three
1: hours or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so there are, there are other restrictions.
2: Mm-hmm, okay. Um, I had a question when it comes to maternity leave and also Mm -hmm. paternity leave. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, does the military say about that what mm-hmm. kind of leave do they give
1: mm-hmm. so maternity leave right now is 42 days of convalescent leave when you leave the hospital postpartum so that's when it starts
0: you know what's so great about that i didn't realize when i left the navy what a good deal that was because i just took for granted like oh like i get six it's basically six weeks and
1: it's paid yeah yeah it's paid 100 percent, 100 no wow. questions asked yeah mm-hmm. and then paternity leave is 10 days Ten days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, how does that work with the ten days? Does is that something that mm-hmm. is taken immediately, or can be taken me imme- or has it, to be taken immediately? It's
1: individualized, ah, so it's basically okay. based on kind of the a lot of it's based on the desires of the new parent, mm-hmm. um, and then some of it's based on the needs of that unit, right? Um, but so, it really is mostly desires of the of the of the new parent.
0: Okay. So if dad's deployed to Afghanistan, you know, mm-hmm. it's not 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 necessarily yes, he, that he's he, going to get to come home for 10 days. Oh, absolutely. My, not. You know, my husband, he took it before uh the baby was born and it was good he did because just they were in um uh, you know every uh, every military uh group has their own uh, training cycle, mm-hmm. you know, when you're you're home and you're home in the base and you have to do your training before you go forward and you, and mm-hmm. you deploy. So he took command, and then that night I went into labor with my third daughter. Wow! And so like <laughs> he's I'm pushing the baby out, and his his new command, his department heads are calling him, going, um, "Sir, are are you coming into work today?" And <laughs> he's like, "No, no, I'm not." But like, but he went back to work the very next day. Oh um, but again, it's all so dependent on what's going on with the command. You know, it's uh, it's not like. Like, the woman who gives birth goes back right away. But for a guy, no, not necessarily. You know, it's really... It's not a medical condition to stay home with your wife, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Carolyn, how long after a woman gives birth and she gets her 42 days and then she has to be back at work at that point, mm-hmm. uh, how long does she have to get back into weight standards and, like, pass her mm-hmm. physical readiness exam?
1: So for the physical readiness test, she will be taking it six months after, or she'll be eligible, I should say, to take it. Got it. Um, six months after uh, returning back to work. Okay. So um, if she... So at lot the earliest, times, the baby only,
0: would be seven and a half months then yes yeah Mm -hmm. and
1: there's two you know there's two cycles a year of for at least in the in the navy for Mm -hmm. the physical readiness test so it just depends on whether or not you hit that like literally at that six-month mark
0: Mm -hmm. okay now is there any kind of deployment deferment a year. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's longer than it used to be. I, I think I remember mm-hmm. when I had my first baby, it was it was, leg- it was shorter than that. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't a year. Yeah. I want to say it was maybe six months. Yeah. So.
1: So any operational tour you're exempt from for a year.
0: That really helps with breastfeeding. I wonder if that mm. was the catalyst for it because it changed.
1: I think it was. It yeah. sounds like it from, from my knowledge, yes. Right. There's very good data that. Um, childhood obesity is decreased with exclusive breastfeeding mm-hmm. and that um, there are maternal benefits as well. So the maternal benefits are decreased in cardiovascular disease and decreased in ovarian breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's why the DOD has been... Um, very much behind um, the push to to encourage breastfeeding. Now, mm-hmm. in some women, that's not the right choice. It's not like we say, like, you know, do it you, or need die. To, yeah. you need to breastfeed. Yeah. We just encourage it because there are benefits. And yeah. if it if it works well for the patient, then we definitely want to do the best we can to not interfere with that decision to mm-hmm. be exclusively breastfeeding. And ideally, six months of exclusive breastfeeding is ideal. And then, up, um, and then obviously, that's when you're incorporating solid foods into the baby's diet. And mm-hmm. so that's when it becomes... Um, Um, uh, you know, you're not exclusively breastfeeding, but it's um, you're still that's part of a good part of the baby's diet.
0: Yeah, big part of baby's diet. Exactly. Well, thanks, Lieutenant Commander Peace Check for joining us today. For more information about Lieutenant Commander Peace Check, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Lieutenant Mentor Check is going to be discussing with us how military women can start planning while they are pregnant for the child care their little ones are going to need shortly after the birth. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com.
2: Pulling up to
0: Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra,
3: just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
1: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Hi, Preggy Pals. We have a question for one of our experts. Sherry in Madison, Wisconsin writes... I'm a military family with three kids already, and we just moved to a new base, and I live 800 miles from my closest family. I'm pregnant with my fourth baby and concerned that I'll have a hard time managing everything because my husband's going to be deployed when the baby's born. My neighbor in military housing said that I should look into hiring a postpartum doula. I've never heard of that before. What does a postpartum doula do?
4: Hello, this is Rosemary Mason, certified postpartum doula and certified lactation counselor. Hi, Sherry. Thank you for your... For your question and congratulations on your fourth baby, yes, there are two types of doulas. There's a birth doula who would attend with you to your birth and there are also postpartum doulas. And a postpartum doula comes to your home and helps you with your babies, so either you know um, with questions about nursing or bathing or just even now with a fourth one, how to kind of group everyone together and, and continue on um, doing what you've been doing but now you're adding a fourth child to that. So uh, they also, doulas also are non-medical. We're not there to give any type of medical advice or or give any type of medications. We're there to teach you and give support and information and resources in the community. Um, there's also a little bit of a difference between a postpartum doula and then or a mother's helper. And probably in your situation, a mother's helper would probably be more satisfactory in the terms that you pretty much know about diapering and bathing and probably um, nursing or bottle feeding your babies, and you may need just more hands-on um, help, and that's where a mother's helper comes in, a little less than a nanny, but then she also can you know, give you a break so you can be with your older children and help out around the house as well. Uh, most postpartum doulas do not do heavy house cleaning or um, work in that sense. They you know, make sure you're getting meals and do some light baby laundry and you know, light things around the house. So those are some of the things that we do. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Twin Talks, for parents of multiples, and our Show the Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode
3: are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care,
0: and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care
3: provider.
2: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
3: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.